From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fans. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. The baseball, man, on the Bleed Blue Show. Man, we are putting that to the bat burner hard this year. I, I know. That's, that's all, of course, on me, man. That is totally my fault. But that's, you know, I, Azul had us to get out and see the world and enjoy life. And the baseball just took a hit as far as our recordings and not just, you know, talking about our team, the Yankees, but just around Major League Baseball. So I spent the better half of the week catching up on the baseball despite all the episodes and sp- despite – you know what I'm saying? All the, the discussions with the football, the basketball, the hockey we've been having week to week. And now that some of our other team seasons are kind of in the wash or, just, you know, on the back burner now, just the finals on two of the sports and, and all season for the football. I said, now is the time to catch up on much as much as the, uh, the baseball that I possibly can. Starting with our team, and then we go on a course, of course, inside and out approach on other teams that I was, you know, Checking out and gathered some notes and wanted to discuss to the forefront around Major League Baseball. So first and foremost, let's start with the Yanks. Let's start with what's going on with them currently uh, on a West Coast trip in L.A. Uh, series going on. Uh, by the time you listen to this episode, it'll probably be after that third game, the Herman game pitching. Uh, Yankees get destroyed on Friday, and uh, that game was ugly. Um, but Garrett Cole, who bounced back and gave a very good start, is having a very good season, by the way, uh, to neutralize the L.A. Dodgers in game number two on Saturday. And then uh, also, you know, the Sunday game, probably by the time you got, guys get to this episode on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that game already, the series already had been uh, recluded. As of right now, the Yankees, is we're looking at this on June 4th, before the Sunday night game, they are 10 games over 500. According according to Baseball Reference, shout out to Baseball Reference, those guys out there, the data, they the Yankees right now at 88.4 percent chance to make the postseason, 8.4 chance to win the World Series. Though so that's pretty much low on a World Series winning it all category, uh, and that's no surprise when you watch the Yankees up until this point through June. Um, they've been an, an an above average team, but not a dominant team, and. We're, I remember those conversations of even last year, right? I thought the Yankees front ran, they front ran a lot last year, and I think a lot of fans brought into the hype of how much the Yankees overachieved because the start, the pitching overall, starting pitching and relief pitching, outdid itself uh, individually. They outdid themselves data and statistically, and that all came back down to earth later on in the year. We learned our lesson, then we bowed out to the Astros, and the rest is history, right? But uh, as of right now. Um, good road trip. Uh, they put up a lot of runs since the San Diego or the, the the end of the San Diego series at home in the Bronx, and then out west they uh, put up a lot of runs in Seattle, but lost that one nothing game on the final game of the the, the leg of that uh, trip in Seattle. Now uh, split between the L A. Uh, the, the two L A. games Friday and Saturday. Right, but right now Garrett Cole. Thanks, thank goodness for him, man. I mean, I know the three hundred million dollar contract, and I've been kind of critical of him as well uh, since he became a Yankee. But we got to give him his just due, man. I mean, this guy has kept us in it right now uh, for the most part. 
a little bit different last year with all the other guys stepping up and pitching well uh, in the first half of the season. But this season in particular, right now, um, even if you go back to the L.A. game on Saturday, the Saturday afternoon game, going six innings, uh, gives up four hits, five strikeouts on 80 pitches, 7-0 and this season, y'all, 7-0. and He's he's holding his own. And here's the thing, like, there was the wins that were really key to the 7-0 and that at Toronto game, the one against Baltimore, the one versus San Diego, and then recently versus L.A., was his best stretch of games of the, the of the seven wins right now with a 2.82 ERA. I think he cracked into the uh, top, what, 80 or something, or, 80, or 90 in um, strikeouts of all time. He's, you know, He's done. He's done his job. Let's put it like that. He's done his job as the number uno uh, ace of the Yankees. Go back to the Yankees as far as the team perspective. Uh, also a good start to uh, the road trip, uh, winning in Seattle. Uh, you know, split versus a very good Dodgers team. I think this Dodgers team is very good. I know it's veteran led, um, but they're they're the best team in the NL West, and the Yankees are holding their own against them. I think the Dodgers are actually have a better roster this year. I would not have said that about four years ago when I thought the Yankees were clear-cut better. But I think this version of the 2023 L.A. Dodgers on paper uh, and just, just statistically are better than the Yankees. But right now the Yankees have an opportunity to win the series. So hopefully by the time you guys get to the end of that uh, uh, that uh, series and listen to this episode, that would be the case. Uh, going back uh, Memorial Day weekend, two out of three versus the Padres. They lost that first game at home, but it came back and won the next two. And good job by the Yankees on doing that. Um, three straight games of uh, ten plus runs, doing it all kind of ways, man. Just the, not just the home run, uh, but they were uh, manufacturing runs and moving guys uh, early in the uh, innings. Uh, one game in Seattle, they did that. Uh, he also did that later in the game as well versus Seattle. Did, did that in the uh, game versus L.A. on Saturday. So good job by the Yankees as far as trying to hit for average, not everything on the home run or die type of tip. We got to have a parade, y'all. We got to have a parade. Um, we all know um, when uh, designated for assignment was Aaron Hicks. That was from a week, a couple of weeks ago. Or was it, no, it was about last week. It was last week. And now he's been picked up by the Baltimore Orders. But for the fact that he's no longer a Yankee, that's good. So another man's or another team's trash is another team's treasure. That's going to be the sense for the Baltimore Orders. I saw that Aaron Hicks is uh, in the lineup on that West Coast trip in San Francisco for the Orioles. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, thank goodness, man. That's been a disaster. Him at the plate, the contract, and just mechanics is all out of whack. It was just frustrating from Yankee fans seeing and on social media, of course, and of how the lack of production by Aaron Hicks and complaining and about being in the lineup. It was time to move on, and they did the right thing. Uh, they added some veterans, like Hall into the lineup, uh, Glenn Allen to the, uh, to the lineup, shout-outs to him, uh, to bring a little bit of presence to the lineup. Now, I got to say, man, I, I am glad that Rizzo, up until this point, Anthony Rizzo, the first baseman for the Yankees, has been able to sustain uh, close to a 300 average through uh, the first three months of the season. Uh, right now, currently batting 297. Matter of fact, personally, you know, I uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, on the road attended the game at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, and he um, in the extra innings with the big home run to seal the game on that Saturday. When it, you know, I love when Yankee players perform. At a game where I'm attending, you know, I've always had that weird relationship with fans, not fans, but players 
who done their job. Sometimes they had terrible seasons, but whenever the time I show up, they actually do well, like Sonny Gray, Aaron, uh, Alex Rodriguez. Anthony Rizzo's in that camp as well. He did the same thing when he first came over as a Yankee, and when I uh, went to Miami for the Yankee Marlin game, that was that was the um, uh, when Votto joined the team, uh, and of course uh, Rizzo that same weekend in Miami two years ago. But anyway, um, Rizzo two ninety seven. 11 home runs, 32 RBIs, on-base percentage at 367, doing a very good job. Now, he was coming back from the neck injury, so it's good to see him back in the lineup. And, you know, just, you know after getting that injury with the neck uh, uh, in the San Diego series. Uh, Josh Donaldson is also off the 10-day ILO as well. He's, uh, you know, got to get back into the swing of things. He definitely needs it, I mean, I think. I think, you know, I never really liked the signing to begin with, but him and his lowly 167 averages are just going to have to pick it up. So, uh, Josh Donaldson uh, back in the lineup, so that means uh, there's going to be more versatility, of course, with DJ LeMahieu, whatever you want, if you want to DH him or have uh, some rest uh, somewhere around the infield where somebody else can play and get a day's rest. Uh, even and bringing on Jake Bowers to the team, who actually had a uh, – a good series uh, thus far in L.A. You know, he had two two-run home runs. Uh, Jay Bowers was a kind of a very uh, – just a utility man. It, uh, put him in outfield, put him at, you know, DH, uh, first base. So uh, shout-outs to Jay Bowers uh, on, on his hitting. Hopefully his production will pick up, right? Now, here's the thing, though. Uh, a guy like Oswald Cabrera, uh, the, the Yankee uh, outfielder, um, I know it's going to take time, and baseball is definitely not easy. So it's not really a, crit- a critique or a criticism on, you know, when players are trying to play at that big league level, right? So Oswald Cabrera, who actually shined pretty well in spring training, and I, that's the reason why he made the 40 a roster, because of his production and showing management uh, that they're going to take a chance on him. Well, right now he's hitting at 200, trying to get back. Uh, they're trying to climb to a, a, a respectable average. Uh, right now, a, a, a subpar below uh, uh, on-base percentage, well, 250, that's very low. With 155 at-bats, that's not good, not good. We are hoping that we could get some production outside of Yankee players not named Anthony Rizzo, not named Aaron Judge, who've done their jobs. Uh, so Oswald Cabrera, yeah, bro, you got to pick it up, bro. I know it's hard. I know the adjustment from spring training uh, to now, you know, playing pretty much every day. Need to be a better glove in left field when he did. I know he kind of misplayed the ball in uh, the game on L.A. Uh, not sure he's not a great outfielder, but it, it, with, with time comes better production. You got to at the plate or even in the field. He's got to step it up, man. Oswald Cabrera. We hopefully you will find some spring training magic. Hopefully, maybe we could get something within the next 30 days before the All Star break, right in July. So Oswald Cabrera batting 200 right now. Uh, now a guy who saw a lot of injuries or a lot of injury time since being traded to the Yankees midseason last season, uh, Harrison Bader, um, who's shown some spark when when playing. He's played well whenever he is there, but the guy's always injury prone right now. Currently on that 10 day. IL right now. Uh, I like his energy. I like his approach to the plate. The guys from the New York area wants to produce and play well. Harrison Bader, 
um, currently on the I.O., and he's a guy I think can definitely help uh, the Yankee lineup, uh, and especially in key at-bats. He's definitely a, a good glove at center field when he's there. So Now, the problem I also want to acknowledge with the Yankees, from what I've seen in games this year, compared to other teams around Major League Baseball, is their piecemeal catcher situation. We, we've kind of been in a funk with that the last couple of years. Uh, Higgy, Akala Higgy, Yoshaka, uh, Ben Rortvet, who just started playing. I saw him actually uh, in the, um, his return. Uh, he had a good couple of at-bats in the game. I saw him in Cincinnati. Jose Trevino. I mean, this is a by-committee catching situation. And it really, it really, really sucks because I watch other teams around the league, and I see teams that actually have production of catchers that um, hit well for average, get some power, and call good games, where the Yankees can't get all of that at the same time. Now, it is really bad because, you know, the Yankees, over the last – I'd say 40 years, has some good catchers. Uh, you know, we, we know the names, Thurman Munson before he died, and Mike Stanley, uh, Jorge, uh, Jorge Posada. Uh, you know, we've seen guys come through the ranks and give us some good uh, batting, good batting well as playing well behind the plate as far as catching. Uh, but the guys right now, the Yankees don't have that guy, and that's something definitely years down the line you want to build up as a prospect. Uh, you know, that's kind of like what it was with Gary Sanchez when he first came up in 2017. Uh, a very good catcher prospect who actually started off very hot and just never was the same outside of an occasional uh, big hit or power hit here and there. But behind the plate defensively, he struggled. So the Yankees have a catching issue. Uh, they have got to find a way to come around and get that back together. All right. Um so, but they're but let's let's put things into perspective. Right now, their their main job, honestly, is to be uh, or call games well, call games well for whoever's starting. It could be Nestor Cortez, it could be uh, Garrett Cole, it could be you know Domingo Herman, you know Luis Severino who got bombed on Friday. Uh, I, I should bring that up. And I, I don't really have I I never listen. Let me go on a tangent real quick. Severino, I I never really bought the hype about him, uh, injury-prone, uh, underachieved. It just seems like a guy that has always been hyped up and never had produced like we thought he can be. And he's just, he's just been getting up there in age. But anyway, going back to the catchers, uh, these guys, uh, their main job is pretty much to call games and call good games for these guys, uh, the starting pitchers, the, the relief, and, and, and make sure they do their jobs on that front. Man. Um then the batting, they're never going to bat for like a high average. They'll have an occasional pop here and there, but you know, as of right now, it's a piecemeal situation. You got three of them. Like it'd be bad enough if it was just two, but three, man, it's just just a lot, man. Definitely just a lot. Um, the call games, like I said, man, you it is like almost a luxury to have guys who could do both. That is a luxury. There's some teams that had that, and they're fortunate to have that. And for years, like I said, the Yankees had that for years. They just don't have that right now with this current roster or this current regime. So that's something to keep your eye on as far as uh, the catcher situation from uh, calling the game's perspective, mainly in defensive uh, uh, operational behind the plate. Um the games have been fine. Let me say something like this. I love the fact that these games, and I've said this on a prior podcast before with the baseball, I'm, I'm glad that we got this pitch count, this hitters being the batter's count. 
the shit thing, that's one thing or, or another. But the main thing is the game is being spe- sped up. The games are faster. They're being more efficient in a timely manner. You're not at the ballpark four hours, four and some change, four and a half hours for a regular season game. I like this. Pitch count is long overdue. Uh, the other rules with the shift and the larger bases, you know, with the larger bases, I can't really even tell, you know, being in the stands or watching it on TV, can't really tell um, the big difference. But I know there's been a, a little bit of a difference, but and they said it to prevent injury and things of that uh, sort of thing. But the pitch count, yes, you know, I've seen it every now and then where a, a, a hitter was assessed a strike because he did not get in the batter's box quick enough good. Also, uh, or a pitcher who did not uh, line up or aggress with his pitch, and, and was uh, and, the, and the hitter was allowed a ball. So that is very very good to speed this thing up. And and I think on that front, baseball is having a more of a smoother season, smoother season. They got a lot of issues, and I'll talk about that towards the tail end. But as far as game by game, every team that you know, with this pitch clock thing has been very good. Now I know you know. I, American League and, and and National League with this DH, you know, with both of them. I mean, there's really no difference. Just get rid of the leagues, man. I, I know they're going like why keep the name American League, National League? There's no there's there's no distinction between the two. Everybody plays each other uh, this year or every year. And interleague's been going on since the '90s, uh, ever since the steroids to rejuvenate baseball. But I don't even see the point of calling one thing an American League or another thing called a National League. Like, we're all playing each other at this point. It doesn't even fucking matter if you ask me, man. Um, so I got to the catcher situation. Oh, yeah, I saw on Giancarlo Stanton's return uh, in the lineup. I saw him his, his home run uh, versus the L.A. Dodgers. So that's a guy I, I want to see. Okay, we all know that when he gets hot, he could get hot. He had that hot stretch uh, with the Yankees when healthy. You know, this guy's always hurt, but it's like he's one of those guys who's always looking like he's in physical, you know, very fit, but always always gets hurt, right? But John Carl Stan had a home run in the game on, on that Friday game, and the Yankees are already down seven nothing. The Clayton Kershaw on the mound, right? But uh, his, you know, my thing with him, and just like with most power hitters, if he could stay in that two seventy to two seventy five range, uh, hitting the ball for average, I'd like to see him go opposite field, so he's not trying to pull everything. Um, his swing is his swing. That's what gives him this big contract. His his job, you know, I don't like it, but that's kind of what I have to live with. That he's here to hit home runs, plain and simple. Um, but uh, coming back to the lineup, uh, home run versus the uh, L.A. Dodgers, I want to see him hit for a little bit of average to get nice to a nice little groove, man. Now, as far as the pitching for the rest of the pitching for the Yankees. Uh, like Mike, uh, Michael King with right, 19 games right now at 1.65 ERA. He's been very efficient, very good out of that pen. Uh, Clay Holmes, who has, you know, uh, I, you know, good, good ERA, uh, 26 games, uh, 2.96 ERA. I kind of cringe with Clark Schmidt is on the mound. Uh, or even Clay Holmes sometimes. But uh, Randy Peralta has been serviceable since his trade, since the San Francisco Giants, 27 games, a, a, a three-even uh, ERA. I mean, these are your guys, Clay Holmes, Randy uh, uh, Peralta, and uh, Michael King. These guys, uh, not the most deadliest of guys coming out of the pen, but they're serviceable. Uh, the Yankees are going to have pitching issues, and this is, I don't think this is the reason why they're, they, at their 8.4% chance of winning the World Series is kind of what it is, because it's that, that part of the 
the the, the roster is in, you know, along with the you know lack of hitting for average, and I think that might be even just as bad, if not worse. But the pitching is not electric where it needs to be. And today, you know, just any era of baseball, we've seen better. Uh, a full bullpen who's been dominant. We've seen Yankee pins that's been dominant with dominant starters. This, this roster does not have that, you know. So it's just uh, hopefully they could get hot, maybe make some moves at the deadline uh, to add to their uh, bullpen relief. Uh, because Albert Abreu, uh, Jimmy Cordero, and uh, uh, Ron uh, Marciara, you know, you know, they have above 3.25 ERAs. These guys are just hit or miss whenever they come to the to the lineup. I don't think that's going to improve this year. And those guys, um, you know, you saw the Yankees uh, in one game, right? It was the game they played against the Orioles about a few weeks ago, and they gave them like eight runs uh, in, in bullpen relief. That's going to be a problem. That is definitely, that is going to be a problem for a lot of this year. They, they just can't keep that up, and that's just who they are. You know, the construction of this team with Brian Cashman, um, that, that – I know there's a lot of optimistic and delusional Yankee fans out there. I just don't see that happening, happening where the Yankees are just going to turn around like they did last year and get, just get hot in the first half of the season. That would be a blessing if they did this second half of this season, but that pitching will have to carry it, and I just don't think they have it, man. They're just going to have to add guys to to hopefully neutralize other bats uh, in a playoff playing situation uh, around Major League Baseball. So that is the Yankees. You know, 10 games over 500. Um, Garrett Cole leading the way. No surprise. Aaron Hicks now with the San Francisco Giants. Oh, not San Francisco Giants. The Baltimore Orioles, who are playing the San Francisco Giants in the series as the recording of this episode. Proud of what Aaron Rizzo has done. Uh, Aaron just following up with his MVP-type season. where You know, very good stats. And good that he's the Yankee captain. You know, he's... So a lot of uh, general, uh, uh, Generation Z and Generation Alpha uh, uh, baseball fans or Yankee fans, Aaron Judge is their hero. Um, me, it was Don Mattingly, Darren, uh, Derek Jeter. Uh, Aaron Judge is that next line of Yankee immortal uh, for that generation of fan, the kid growing up. Hell, it, for a lot of the older uh, generational X or even baby boomer fans, it, it, maybe Aaron just makes that case. I, I, I don't think it, I don't think so because he hasn't won a world, champ- a world championship yet. But as far as a homegrown Yankees since the days of Scranton and coming up through the, the draft and uh, the kid from California, you know, he's a Yankee captain. And he, and he should retire a Yankee. I mean, there was no chance that he should or had went anywhere. Uh, get him that contract uh, after the after the season ending, losing to the Astros. I know it was disappointing, but he is a Yankee for life. That he, he's a true Yankee, number ninety nine guy that have him. Of course, whether you put him in right field, center field, have him batting first, second, or whatever. Um, the guy had a monster year last year, and he's all. It's also a good year. Shot, but but Aaron, uh, Anthony Rizzo and, and Aaron Judge need help. They definitely do. So let's go around Major League Baseball. Let's go around Major League Baseball. Um, you know, I picked three teams to discuss because I wanted to catch up on baseball. I'm still watching a lot of the games. Um, thanks to the Major League Baseball strike zone for two times a week. I wish you was on every day. And I got to look into that because before I say something crazy or say something reckless, why the fuck Major League Baseball strike zone is not on every day? It should be. There's got to be a reason behind it. I know it's probably contractually, but that is a nice piece of uh, uh, viewing experience to go through every game daily to see what is going on so I can actually pick and choose 
which game I decide to watch on that night whenever the Yankees are or are not playing. But, um, you know, I was looking at the Orioles, you know, the division rival, and we know that they've been coming for the last four or five years. Uh, the, the manager with Brandon Hyde has done a very good job. Uh, they have done an excellent job of construction of their roster. You know, Ryan Mountcastle, uh, Anthony Santander, Cedric Mullins, uh, Adam Fraser, Austin Hayes. I mean, they have a nice batch of good young players that have been gelling for the last couple of seasons, uh, whether it's the Yankees roster, uh, the Blue Jays roster, the Tampa Bay roster, Boston, whatever. I mean, they've, they've, they've been holding their own this year. They've held their own this year. I mean, Anthony Santander is a, a very good player. Uh, you know, currently right now batting 265, I think nine home runs right right now. Ryan Mountcastle is the, the power hitter. Uh, he's topping the team with home runs and RBI. You know, Cedric Moses is one of my uh, underrated favorite players. I know his average is below where he wants it to be, kind of like in that 263 range right now, uh, 39 RBIs, uh, tops on the team. Guy has a little bit of power. He's a fun guy to watch. He's a fun guy to watch. Uh, Rush Smart, uh, eight home runs right now. Adam Frazier, six home runs. Uh, like these guys are a true home run or die team. You know, you, I get on the Yankees about being home run or die, but these guys are truly about that life. They are, you know, the Boston Orioles are about that life when it comes to that. And their pitching is not good. You know, I've been kind of critiquing the Yankee pitching uh, outside of Garrett Cole. Everything else is, you know, where you get down to Cortez and and um, uh, Herman, guys that, that can start. Their, their starting pitching situation is not that great, honestly. You know, it really is led by Tyler Wells and Kyle Gibson and Dean Dreamer. Uh, so, I mean, Dean Creamer. So these guys, uh, they don't, they, they, they have a hard time uh, keeping runs off the board. So the Orioles are going to be in a lot of comeback situations. Um, I mean, their best stretch of baseball this year. Let me go back to the Baltimore side of things to give them a shout out. They, I think, their best um, uh, best uh, baseball was in April, up until this point, right? We're in like, June fourth, right? Their base, the best baseball, when they had six wins in a row, they had beat the Nationals twice, uh, the uh, Detroit Tigers three times, and they have one win in Boston or versus Boston. Uh, their worst stretch, they had a tough stretch. They they played the Braves and they played the Tampa Bay Rays back to back. Ended up uh, losing three in a row. Um, right now, uh, the, the the Baltimore Orioles uh, are in it playoff positioning wise. They had the the a lead right now versus the San Francisco Giants. They just picked up Aaron Hicks. Why? I don't know. Like I said, I mean, another team's trash is another team's treasure. So picking up uh, Aaron Hicks, maybe adding a veteran to the lineup, maybe change the scene, may, may get Aaron Hicks going because it is kind of hard to perform on that Bronx, Lacoon Dam uh, level uh, for the Yankees. So maybe could blend in with the Camden crowd down there in uh, downtown Baltimore, right? So, um, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, that they don't have the hitting for average type of thing, and they don't have the pitching, honestly, uh, from a starting or reliever pitcher stretch to really wave this out. So, you know what? I think as slow of a start the Yankees were, because remember, they were a winning series. They were 
Um, they were winning series, but then they ended up in last place because they had a little bit of a funk late in April. And then the team, I mean, it's the, it's the most competitive division in baseball, so they had to find a way to climb back. Right now, the Baltimore Orioles are ahead of them. And the Yankees, uh, the last series uh, when the Orioles was in the, um, the Bronx, it showed that how much grit that they do not fear the Yankees. It, that, that, thing is, that thing is long gone. That's been gone for a couple of seasons because these guys have seen enough baseball within the division that they know how to play, how to situationally play against a lot of these teams within the division, the Jays, the Yanks, so on and so forth, or the Rays, same thing. Um, so Baltimore, uh, kudos to them for hanging around uh, uh, manager Brandon Hyde to lead in that charge right now. Um, I want to go to another team in the AL, the Texas Rangers. Like, who are the Texas Rangers, right? What's going on with the Texas Rangers? Hell, how the hell are they in First place right now in the AOS. How does that happen? The defending champion Houston Astros is there. Are they on a World Series hangover or hiatus? What is the deal with the Texas Rangers? Because remember, I remember, listen, early in the year, they were bombing up on the Philadelphia Phillies who were injured at the time or a lot of guys were not in the lineup. They put it on them. So, this, I mean, is this really their offense? Is this is what they are? Now, I was watching a, a little bit of the game today, uh, the Rangers versus the Seattle Mariners, and the Seattle just seems like they're giving up a lot of runs to everybody. They gave up 10-plus runs twice to the Yankees. They gave up 10-plus runs twice already in this series versus the Texas Rangers in Texas, in Arlington, right? Uh, uh, Adalas Garcia is the stud on their team, with, like leading the charge with 14 home runs, batting 263. Like one guy that's very underrated, and no, you know, this is where baseball has got to do a better job promoting some of a lot of this younger talent. I'm not talking about the MLB network. I'm talking about the mainstream uh, to put that out there because I, I just don't think baseball doesn't have that allure promoting a lot of the young players. But what I was talking about is Josh Young, man. That guy's a, He's a very good player, man. This guy is a 290-ish type of hitter hitting 12 home runs right now. His for average, his for power. He does a play. He plays a decent third base right now. Uh, I, I would put him in the top five as a third baseman in, in the league right now. He's not in that Nolan Arenado ca- uh, category, but he, I would put him somewhere in that four or five range right now. Josh Young is underrated. He should make the all-star team, if you was to ask me, right? Um, you got uh, Jonah Heem, who, who actually had a home run today. He, um, he had six home runs going into it. He had a seventh home run today, and he's batting 290 as well. He's, he's a He's been batting well. Another, he, This is one of those catches I was talking about. Calls good games, batting well, uh, hitting for average, got a little bit of power. And, and the Texas Rangers has been a long – it's been a while, you know, what, since, what, 15 years? They've had a, you know, a very good team since the um, uh, the Washington was the manager and, and Josh Hamilton was the hot uh, – he was the bat in the mid-2000s. They, they're, they're coming out of the funk, man. The Texas Rangers right now under Bruce, Bruce Bochy, who's been, you know, he's been, been managing for 20-plus years. So he's got those guys playing well. They were up 12 nothing on Seattle. They put up a lot of runs in some of these games. Didn't matter for – remember, I, I remember I was talking baseball about a month ago, and they played the Houston Astros. And something that they should do with Major League Baseball to promote um, – that rivalry, Dallas, Houston, Texas Rangers, Houston. I mean, I thought when Houston was coming over into the uh, the AL from the NL, I thought they would have boosted that rivalry up. Problem is, Texas was so down, and 
they should do that now more with, with Texas baseball, if you was to ask me. But Ezekiel Durant right now uh, with seven home runs. The pitching-wise, pitching we all know about Nathan Valdi. He's former Yankee, former Red Sox, former Twin. Uh, he's been around the block, leads the team with wins right now, seven wins. John Gray and Martin Perez. Uh, the best stretch of baseball, the Texas Rangers, they've had a couple. Um, they've had, um, you know, the, the, the four, they had four in a row, which included one game versus Houston and three against the Kansas City Royals in April. Um, they also had a, a, a three against the Yankees. They have, there was a four-game series in, in Arlington where they lost to the Yankees in the first one but won the next three uh, in April. And then they also had uh, a stretch where they lost um, um, four in a row as well. That was part of the uh, – they lost four in a row and they won three in a row. So that was like their best stretch of baseball, up and down, up and down like in April. Because they had lost in Cincinnati three in a row and then lost to the Yankees in that first match. But then um, they won the next three versus the Yankees in that four-game series and then got a game versus the Kansas City Royals. But right now it's going to be good. Uh, at, at the top of uh, first place in the ALS by a couple of games on the Houston Astros. But, listen, at the end of the day, even without a Verlander who's on, currently on the Mets, this should be the Houston Astros division, you know, talent by talent. I don't think Texas Rangers are there yet to do uh, to overtake the Houston Astros over 162. I don't see it. But as of right now, they have a lot of offense. Uh, Adalas Garcia has done his job, you know, done a very good job with the power. He's a, a very legit threat. And Josh Young, uh, Jonah Hayne, Corey Seager, former Dodger. They have some good guys. Ezekiel Duran uh, plays a good glove as well. Um, last team I want to get into uh, this, on this pick three uh, had the Orioles, had the Texas Rangers, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, you know, Derek Schoen has got these guys playing well. And I remember in April they had ran off a lot of wins but they have brought that all back with a lot of losses in a row. And, you know, Mr. Pirate himself, Andrew McCutcheon, probably going to be in the Pirate Ring of Honor or something. He, for some reason, you know, when he started off his career with the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, he got off to a good start and he got traded to the Yankees, then ended up in Philadelphia. Now, now his career's come full, full circle. He's the, the old guy, the old vet in that clubhouse in Pittsburgh. Uh Jack Sawinski uh, is a, a very good ball player. Brian Reynolds and Connor Joe. Connor Joe is a very interesting guy. He's a guy, former Colorado Rocky player. Um, they they got some nice little piece of talent, man. Very nice little piece of talent. Uh, I saw their series uh, over this this weekend. Uh, they, uh, beating up on the St. Louis Cardinals, they won two to one today on Sunday. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Derek Shelton's team, have been playing very well. Uh, the NL Central, for the most part, has been a St. Louis Cardinals division. Um, here and there, the Milwaukee Brewers will show you a little bit of spurts of surprise. But for the most part, it's always been St. Louis Cardinals for the like pretty much the 21st century. But right now, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, I don't know if they can keep this up. But you know, they have they have done they have done a good job. They won okay five in a row in the. In, their second best stretch because they won the two games in San Francisco earlier in the week and then the three games versus the Cardinals sweeping them. They also had a bad game stretch of seven games. They lost seven in a row. So they were cold, hot, cold, hot. But 
Listen, it's not even a knock that they lost seven in a row because those games came against the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays. So that's kind of hard. I mean, you may need to get like a one, a win here and there to break up the losing streak. But, yeah, that is a little bit of a tough stretch. But they've held their job. They've done their job pretty well. Uh, there was a game they swept, uh, early in the year when they went to Boston. They swept the, the, the Red Sox in Fenway, winning seven in a row. They had um, they won three in Colorado, right? And then they won the next four uh, versus the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, so the Pittsburgh Pirates holding their own right now uh, at the uh, second place right now in the NL Central. And let me see. I let me see what's going on with the uh, Pirates right now. Yeah, okay, they're they're just about tied with the Brewers. Uh, good job by them. You know, four games or five games over five hundred right now. Um, Nobody in that division is trying to break away. Last year it was really about Milwaukee catching or St. Louis catching Milwaukee, and they did that. Uh, Chicago, the Chicago Cubs are not going nowhere, and the St. Louis uh, Cardinals is a little bit disappointing in that NL Central, just a little bit, right? So I, I probably may have to get a, uh, get back to talking them later this season uh, and get to some of the other teams in the NL East where where the Miami Marlins is kind of a surprise, uh, where the Mets are. At 500, that the Miami Marlins is more of a surprise than the Mets at 500. So that is a little bit of a downer in Queens right now. And then Philadelphia and their injuries and the Washington Nationals are the, the Nationals. Let me see. Let me try to get to the rest of the points uh, from the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. Right? Uh, they're pitching led by Mitch Keller, Rich Hill, who's been around, Vince Velasquez. They don't have very good pitching. Uh, they're going to give up a lot of runs. Uh, and and in, in this sport, man, great pitching is hard to come by. So many teams can't have it, can't afford it, or just in a bad time, it's just to be abide by it. But um, uh, but Mitch Keller, if they're gonna um in the NL Central, probably a trade deadline, they're gonna have to try to find some an extra arms to uh to keep themselves in a in a playoff position because right now their percentage points with with the Miami Marlins and just a tad bit ahead of the Mets. Uh, they have a nice cushion on the Reds and the Cubs and the Cardinals. But out West, um, you know, I don't know what's going on with the San Francisco Giants. You know, I know they've kind of been up and down, 500. And San Diego's been – there's no way – to, to my, in my opinion, I think San Diego's going to catch up at some point. It's too talented not to. They have all-world lineup type of guys. And I know the pitching has been uh, also a slow start because uh, Musgrove was on the injured list earlier in the year. Now the guys are getting back, but they're they're just they got a lot more wins than them as well, and then or, or to catch up. And Colorado's kind of fell off after their decent start. And kudos to the Diamondbacks. I I didn't think they were going to uh, be neck and neck with the Dodgers. That's really much the Dodgers division year in year out, depending on if the, uh, like there was one year or two years ago when San Francisco played out of their minds with 103 wins, but that was just an anomaly or whatever. Um, I listen. I gotta probably do more research on this major league baseball strike zone. They gotta have that shit on every day. I would actually pay for that. I would pay a small subscription fee for major league baseball to have the major league strike zone. It must be contractually why they are only on Wednesdays and Fridays. They need to have that shit on every night. There's no, like baseball is a dying sport. We all I, I, I've talked about it. Everybody's talked about it, and it's rightfully so because. You know, there's reasons why they're trying to have ways to improve the game, right? Bigger base pads, no uh, shifts, um, uh, uh, pitch counts, 
Get in the batter's box quicker. Speed up the game. Pace the game. They want viewerships to come back. If you want the, another way to increase viewership, if they're not attending the games at the ballpark, have them have a, like kind of an NFL red zone. I know they have the events because NFL is once a week. Baseball needs to have it on every day. Pay a small subscription fee. If that was like, I would pay nine ninety nine a month for that. I can't watch every game because baseball. There's too many games going on at the same time. So it would be nice if they had a rotation of games so I could say, oh, I see that uh, Cincinnati's catching up on Milwaukee. Or, oh, I see that the Marlins are catching up with uh, the Nationals or whatever that night, a particular night. Or, oh, if I'm up on the West Coast and I'm watching another sport or I'm watching a movie program and, I'm, and I got the MLB strike zone on, on the television and I'm watching, let's say, I don't know, maybe the Texas – Rangers are catching up against the Seattle Mariners or the Arizona Diamondbacks or are catching up against the Colorado Rockies or the San Diego Padres. That's the, like, you gotta, I don't know why baseball shoots themselves in the foot and disallow these, uh, these things that they can improve the product of their sport and, and, and not, you know, grow the viewership. When you have other sports, like right now, the NBA finals, the Stanley cup finals, you've got MLS soccer, you have, you have, a, a lot of TV shows and movies, you know, we talk, you know, that's going on. Like you're in competition with the world major league baseball. This is not the 80s no more. This is not the 70s. You were on uh, local TV. Get with the program, man. Have that major league baseball strike zone every day. Why, why, why would you not have that? I mean, the people are barely going to the ballpark. Says this is if you're not one of these major teams. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers, the New York Yankees, or to a degree the Mets, or like these teams with big names, like why might as well have that shit on, right? And then the last point, and I talked about it before, I guess it's official, right? And I don't recall if I actually spoke about it. I think I did. Maybe it was on Twitter. I don't know. But the L.A. Um, oh, not L.A. What do I say, L.A.? <laughs> the Oakland A's, right? Probably are heading to Las Vegas. Clearing up uh, the property or um, reconstruction of the Tropicana property, that's kind of like on the south part of the strip near the airport by Harry Reid Airport across from the Excalibur and the MGM where they're going to probably do a retractable dome. It's too fucking hot to play baseball in Las Vegas, so you're going to need a dome. Absolutely, without a doubt. That's going to be a lot of money. And that's a good look because I, you know, with the Yankees going to the West Coast whenever they play – uh, Seattle or, or 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 the Texas Rangers. Well, that's not necessarily the West Coast, but I'm talking about that division, the ALS. Now, Oakland's going to be in, in, in Las Vegas, kind of like, you know, with just like in the, the football team moved from Oakland to Vegas. I mean, it's becoming a sports city because that's a good transplant city. A lot of people are moving from Vegas, primarily from the Southern California area. And it's a good way um, to uh, take in sports. Sports is just entertainment, y'all. I know it's competitive. We like it for what it is, but it's just another show on the strip. Just like no different than how, you know, when we talk Knicks and Rangers on 7th Avenue in Manhattan, as far as the Broadway show, Broadway experience, the, a lot of those uh, fans and, and the celebrities, they go there for the show. It's the, it's the show at the end of the day. So Las Vegas looks like it's going to have the A's probably in about five seasons after they build that stadium. It's going to be nice, and I can't wait till it's ten. The Dugout Podcast, man, catching up on the Yankees, man. It's good to be back, man. I got a lot more to catch up on, man. I just wanted to focus on a couple of teams 
couple of series. Uh, I have more to discuss, but I really honed down on the Baltimore Orioles, the Texas Rangers, the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, catching up on what I've been seeing on the Yankees. And they're doing a decent job climbing out of that last place hole in the AL East, the most competitive division in that in, in baseball right now. It's bad because at one point all teams were uh, over 500. But nonetheless, the Dugout Podcast, West Coast Trip, you know, check out the other episodes. Shout-outs to the uh, Big Blue Roundtable. Shout-outs to uh, the Professor Chris and DB Nation on the OTAs episode. Check that out in the archives. Uh, and also um, our streaming devices, and also our finals episodes with the NBA Finals. Shout out to Therapy and Sports, the Nickelback Avenue Fan Forum, Nuggets and uh, Miami Heat uh, on the NBA. We'll catch up on some Knicks later uh, in the rest of the NBA as well. And also shout out to Atticinos and Mr. Ice Guy Blander of the uh, Face Off Hockey Podcast, uh, Stanley Cup Finals episode last week. We'll pick up on war games after uh, uh, Panthers and, and Golden Knights. Uh, which will resume in the Stanley Cup Finals and around the NHL and, of course, our Blue Jersey. The good talking sports, y'all. Uh, we'll be back on later in the week to catch up. Sangre Azul, ladies and gentlemen, bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.